some of the things that I learned through that was just managing my expectations and kind of realizing what was I expecting of myself and were those expectations serving me and my family? And I mean, of course, there's like certain things that we have to live up to, right? Like we have to feed our families. We have to, we have to make money to be able to feed our families and all of those things. And so, you know, those are like life and death, basic needs, expectations. But at this point too, I was still trying to be, you know, like live up to those Instagram mom ideals. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Prenatal appointments? Check. Childbirth education program? Check. And I'm sure it's Happy Home Birth Academy. You are feeling so prepared for birth, but have you considered your relationship in the postpartum phase and how you can prepare it for the certain shifts that will take place? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 106 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we'll be speaking with my friend Laura Spencer, a postpartum coach who has been in the trenches, experienced the difficult postpartum season with her relationship, and now so generously comes to share what she's learned with us. I know you will love this conversation and take away some incredible ideas. Now, before we jump in, I did just want to give a brief little update on my personal life. Um, The last few weeks of 2020 were quite shocking for me, in particular the last week. Um, I ended 2020 with COVID, as did my husband, and then also my dad unexpectedly had to go to the hospital emergently, which was not related to COVID. Um, But it has been quite a challenging week and luckily things are looking much better on every single front but it has definitely put us all in a tailspin so I am a little bit behind uh, with some of the dates of things that I was hoping to have for example Happy Home Birth Academy's launch I think I'm going to be a few days behind so we're looking at the end of January maybe even the beginning of February for that Um, but I just wanted to let you guys know that that's going on and in fact my dad has his surgery today, Monday, when this is coming out at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you're listening to this in the morning and you would not mind sending up some prayers for us, we'd really appreciate that. Um, But like I said, things are looking so much better, um, but I really, really appreciate your support and your understanding. I also would love to ask you guys, if you get just a quick second, would you mind heading over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating, preferably five stars, and a review that would help so much with the algorithm and making sure that in 2021, Happy Home Birth just reaches as many mother's ears and family's ears as possible. 
And finally, I do want to let you know that I will be accepting applications for my next round of interviews. That's going to be coming up very soon, and I'm playing around with doing this a different way. So the application is now available at myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash contact. So if you'll just go straight there to myhappyhomebirth.com, you'll see the link for the application. I would love for you to fill that out and I will contact you regarding an interview if you're selected for this round, this batch. I cannot wait to record some more interviews. I've got some exciting things coming up for 2021 and I am so thrilled to continue this journey with you guys. Can you believe that this podcast has now been around for two years. This was January 1st was the two year anniversary. So for those of you who have been listening the whole time, thank you so much for uh, sticking with me on this journey. And for those of you who are new listeners, so, so happy that you're here. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you before we jump into this interview. So let's go ahead and get going. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Let's jump in with Laura. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Now, for those of you who haven't met Laura before, she has been in the Happy Home Birth podcast community on Facebook. So you may know her if you're in the community. If you're not in the community, get in the community, (laughs) number one, (laughs) step one. (laughs) Uh, But for those who do not know you, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. My name is Laura Spencer and I am a postpartum coach and childbirth educator. And I have been married for four years. We have an 18 month old and we have another one on the way due around the end of February. And so what we're talking about today is really (laughs) super important to me because I'm actually going through all of this again as I go through my second pregnancy. So um, I'm really excited to have this conversation because it's actually led to a lot of personal reflection of things that I need to continue to remind myself to do with my partner. So Absolutely. And that, yeah, and that is what we're really going to be focusing on is, you know, partner expectations and managing your expectations of your partner. So I'm curious to hear maybe a little bit of your backstory and how this became such an important aspect of, of what you do. Sure. Absolutely. So I would say, um, you know, as I was pregnant with my first, I kind of had expectations for how I wanted my, my birth and my labor to go. And for the most part, it pretty much went according to plan. Um, and so I had really prepared for that a lot, but then I was completely blindsided by postpartum because, you know, I followed all the blogs and had my hospital, you know, hospital bag checklist. I ended up having my son in the hospital. Um, and, you know, did all the things, got all the baby things, um, but never really took the time to actually prepare for what becoming a mother was going to mean for me. 
um, and what becoming parents was going to mean for me and my husband and how that was going to change our relationship dynamic. And we never really had those conversations um, before we had the baby about kind of, you know, what our expectations were for each other and what our responsibilities would be once the baby was there. And, you know, it was pretty much assumed based on our financial situation that I would go back to work. Um, and so I did, but that ended up being huge. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but before that, um, we had some trouble with getting breastfeeding started. Um, at one point, probably when he was around a month or six weeks old, I honestly can't remember anymore because <laughs> you just kind of lose track of time in those first couple mm -hmm. months. It's such a blur. Um, but we were, I was exclusively pumping for a couple weeks there because he would just scream when I put him on my boob. And so I started just really internalizing a lot of that. And I, I told my husband, he, you know, he, he was like, why don't you talk to some friends? And I was like, I don't want them to think that I'm not doing a good job, <laughs> mm. you know? And so that really played into kind of my own self image and becoming a mother. Right. And so, um, you know, I heard I was doing a good job and I heard those things, but it's one thing to hear them and it's a completely other thing to actually really believe it. Um, right. and at that point I wasn't really believing it. And, you know, we kind of got on a pretty good routine. We, we ended up getting breastfeeding started, but that really, you know, nursing at the beginning was pretty, um, discouraging for me, um, and is so demanding. And then on top of it being demanding, you know, when your baby isn't latching correctly or is having some colic or reflux or, you know, those kinds of things, you just start to internalize all of that. Um, and that's kind of where I was at. Once it got a little bit better, you know, um, I started gaining some more confidence. And once I gained that confidence, it was time to go back to work. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I go back to work and I am, I'm also a teacher. Um, and that's a very demanding job. Now, this was before um, COVID happened, obviously. And so we weren't living in a COVID world yet, um, but it was still very stressful. And I also held a leadership position. So I was a co-department chair of a department of 11 teachers. And wow. my co-department chair at the beginning of the school year when I started back was still on her maternity leave because she had a baby two months after I had a baby. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was like the pregnancy pact. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, we came back and I remember I had an honest conversation with my team just a couple weeks in that I was like, you guys, I'm going to need some grace and I might need some help and stuff like that. And that was kind of me reaching out. But other than that, like I wasn't really delegating at work. I was still just kind of taking everything on. Um, and same thing at home. Like it just kind of all played into it. And really it was coming from my, like I was starting to have a lack of confidence again. And I felt like in order to feel like I was doing a good job, I had to do all the things and I had to do them well. And so I was stressing myself out and overwhelming myself and not really checking in to really see like, 
you know, is all of this serving me? And so a couple months in, I got to the point where <laughs> I had internalized it so much and hadn't really spoken about it that I pretty much told my husband I wanted to quit my job. Like I, I decided that my solution was just to escape. Um, mm -hmm. And so at that point, I, I knew that, you know, something had to give. Um, and then <laughs> my husband got a new job right around that time, which then required him to go out of town for an entire week, at least two or three times between November and December. So in like a two month span, I believe there were about three times that he was out of the state, like out of our house. And I was single mom in it for an entire week um, with like a seven, eight month old baby. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard time. It's a really hard time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, those weeks were definitely hard. Um, and it made me just realize how much I wanted to be with my child more. And that's really where everything was coming from, that I felt like I wasn't giving enough of myself to my child. Um, and so, again, that kind of played into that lack of confidence, even though I didn't really know that that's what that was at that point, right? At that point, it was really just complete overwhelm and anxiety. And then it got to the point where I almost, like I had a couple panic attacks at school and that's when I was like, okay, I need to start getting some help. And so basically, you know, I'm going through all of this and, and then on, on top of this, um, a couple months later, you know, my husband comes out and we have this conversation where he tells me that basically I'm not meeting his expectations, um, like around the house. Mm -hmm. And like, that was just such a hard blow because, you know, I was like, I'm trying to do all these things, but it was such a hard blow for me because through all of this, we really weren't having open, vulnerable conversation about what was really going on with us, right? And so he was internalizing all of these things on his end. I'm internalizing all these things on my end. And then we go and try and have this conversation when he brings something up and I get defensive and then everything just completely blows up. Um, and, you know, that just created a ton of conflict in our relationship. And I, I just decided at that point, you know, that's kind of when I was like, why does this have to be like this? You know, it doesn't. And how can we make this better? And how can I use my experience to, to help other women and couples kind of have those difficult conversations and realize it's okay to be vulnerable with your partner. It's okay to ask for help. You know, it's okay to set expectations, but it's also okay to not meet expectations. Um, so yeah. Does that kind of explain where I'm coming from? For sure. It's such okay. a great explanation. And I feel like it's going to be so relatable to so many people and <laughs> kind of just the picture that you're painting of, you know, a lot of times when you're in the trenches, you take on more work than you even need to because yes. you're in the trenches. And it's like, I can't see. I just got to do. I just got to do, yes. do, do. That'll be my salvation. And it 
obviously I know we're going to talk about this, but that's just not how it works. But gosh, removing yourself from that perspective and being able to like pan out and be like, okay, what is the chess move that I need to be making right now instead of the, you know, like what's the real move here? Um, I, I just really appreciate you going into that and explaining just where you were. That is so relatable and so difficult. Yeah. I mean, it was a really, it was a tough place. And I, I, I will be mm-hmm. honest, I did not get to like where I am now on my own. I went to counseling. Right. I hired a marriage coach. Like there were things that I had to do. I bought, um, what's that book? The, the, the power of a praying wife. I'm like, we are doing this God. Like mm-hmm. we are changing this. Um, and you know, honestly, a lot of it through, through that book really is what led me to realize like, okay, I am trying way too hard to get my husband on my side, right? Instead of, instead of trying to meet him where he is and become a team, you know, I was seeing him as like not being a team player when in reality, neither one of us really were. And I'm, and me trying to make us a team, I realized I was just trying to kind of bring him over to my side, see it all my way. And then, and then it'll be, you know, hunky dory. (laughs) (laughs) It will be great. Just, just be where I am. Just Just believe what I am seeing. (laughs) We, we just went on vacation last week and, um, we actually had that conversation very, very casually. I just, uh, you know, now we can kind of laugh about it. But I was like, you know, things really would be a lot easier if you just like agreed with me. <laughs> right? Like, come on, it's not that hard. I'm it's full really of not. great ideas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, unfortunately, so we're we are two very different people with two very different perspectives and different ideas. And so that leads to a lot of, I will call it disagreements. Um And that's been something in our marriage that we've really had to work through. And honestly, we didn't have to start work through it, working through it um, until we had kids. And so, yeah, that was the really, really hard part. So, yeah. Well, I'm super excited to to hear some of the information that you have to bring to us. Yes. What we can to prepare. Um, and I just like, you know, just this idea of like, you know, un- yes, unfortunately we're different people and that makes it hard, but, but at the same time on that positive note, fortunately it makes us grow. And yep. I'm just hearing before you've even gotten into what you're saying, like I can already hear so much growth and just your desire to grow is really just exciting. So I am super thrilled to get into what you've got for us and how we can prepare ourselves and our relationships for what's to come. Awesome. Yes. Um, And I just want to thank you so much. It was very encouraging to hear that you can actually hear the growth (laughs) because we actually just had, we just had like a little spat the other day. And so, um, yeah, but I've, again, through this, I've kind of learned. So um, I kind of, I think really, Caitlin, the first thing before even trying to prepare your relationship is you have to make sure that you're in the right place to even start engaging in preparing your relationship. Like you really need to explore like where you're at, what you're wanting. So that way you can be clear 
with your partner when you do start exploring these things. Um, I think for me, that was definitely something that um, was difficult in the beginning, especially once I got to that place of complete overwhelm and anxiety. I just, all I could communicate was like, I want to escape. I want to be done with my job. I want to, I just want to be a stay at home mom. And my financially numbers minded husband was like, that's not going to work. And so I thought he was being unsupportive of what I felt like I needed. Um, but in reality, it was just like complete breakdown of communication. We really just weren't communicating correctly. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, where I was at, which is why I'm so thankful that I ended up going to counseling and going through marriage coaching on my own, because that's something that really led to my own personal growth to be able to take to and bring to our relationship. Right. And so some of the things that I learned through that was just managing my expectations and kind of realizing what was I expecting of myself and were those expectations serving me and my family? And I mean, of course, there's like certain things that we have to live up to, right? Like we have to feed our families. We have to, we have to make money to be able to feed our families and all of those things. And so, you know, those are like life and death, basic needs, expectations. But at this point too, I was still trying to be, you know, like live up to those Instagram mom ideals and, you know, dress my kid in cute things and, um, make sure that, you know, we're having all of the family experiences. And a lot of times those kinds of things 100% rely on the woman because men don't care. (laughs) And, and what I realized was, does this really matter? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and you just kind of have to take a step back and say, okay, I'm starting to lose my sanity. And so I need to kind of take inventory here of what I need and what I need to, to be able to provide for my family. And then what's all the extra stuff and kind of divide those things. And then once you take care of the basic things, then maybe, okay, what's something extra that I can do instead of trying to do all the extras. Um, Another thing that I started learning how to do was exploring my own vulnerability. So something that I realized that I really wasn't doing was being open and vulnerable with myself. Like I was looking for vulnerability from my husband. um, And I was coming from a place where I hadn't even been completely honest and open and vulnerable with myself. Um, And so I think that that also led to some conflict in our relationship as well. Um, definitely like unspoken. It's not like he's, he was like, oh, you're not being vulnerable with yourself. So I can't be vulnerable with you. It was just, <laughs> right. kind of, you know, I don't know Close that you ever even recognize that. It was just exactly like, you know, it, it was kind of one of those things. And, and I wasn't purposefully trying to be closed off, mm-hmm. but I thought he was purposefully trying to be closed off. Right. But in reality, neither one of us were really just in tune with what we were actually feeling and thinking and neither one of us were being completely honest. And so we couldn't really be completely honest with each other. Um, So that was something else that I, you know, started to explore. And in some of the things, you know, learning to be vulnerable with yourself, that, that takes time and that takes some energy to actually set aside time to be with yourself or, Mm -hmm. you know, 
for me, that came through like prayer and reflection time and learning to just like kind of get my thoughts out um, and really just see where it goes. Um, and then reflecting on it and saying like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. got it. Um, so I, the next one that I wrote down was exploring priorities and values. And that kind of goes along with managing expectations. Um, but, you know, my husband and I, we, we're in two different generations. We're 12 years apart. And so there's a lot of like different generational things that kind of play into our relationship. And sometimes we laugh about it and sometimes <laughs> we don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but you know, there's just things that we definitely disagree on. And, and again, it's not completely generational, but mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, well, I think that these are my values and I'm not really sure. Right. And so he is almost, you know, set in his ways, whereas I feel like I'm still kind of learning. And in that too, that kind of led to some conflict because, you know, after I became a mom, he was like, you're not the same person that you were before. And I was like, well, I mean, no, I'm correct. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for this observation, you know? And so at that point, you know, that's kind of when we were still in that like super sticky conflict. Um, and, you know, I just kind of took that to heart and I was like, well, why are you, why do you think you're still the same person? You know, mm -hmm. like how, how are we not growing? And again, I kind of put that back. I don't, not that I'm taking responsibility for his growth or lack of growth, I am taking responsibility for the fact that at that point, I wasn't being completely open and honest with myself about my, what are my core values, right? I'm mm -hmm. seeing these things and I'm saying they were kind of like, I was starting to make expectations for myself. And so part of those expectations were using more uh, natural and less toxic products. Um, you know, kind of questioning other things. And that was something that he had never really done. And he was like, well, this is the way we always do it. And so I, I didn't really take the time to, to be able to dig deep and say, where is this actually coming from that I want to start doing these things? And so he wasn't able to really see the value in making changes because I hadn't fully done the work. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And kind of this idea of, you know, you're a new person now, like you're different from before. Yeah, like that's that's just that new motherhood angle. And it Absolutely. makes sense now, like looking back, I'm sure you can see like, yes, it definitely makes sense that all that I'm making all of these changes because, hey, there's a new life that I'm, I'm you know, responsible for. And I do need to start looking into things in a different way. I think that happens yep. for a lot of families, a lot of moms. So um, sure. that's, yeah, I definitely get where and you're coming I, from. Yeah. And for any woman who's heard that from her husband and has been discouraged, let me tell you, I was completely discouraged when I heard that from him at first. And then once I actually took the time to think about, okay, you know, where is this comment actually coming from? I, I probably could never get him to admit this and he hates it when I do, you know, he calls it psychoanalysis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I really feel like it probably came from a place where he was 
unable to be completely vulnerable with me about how he's actually changing in becoming mm-hmm. a father. Um, right. And so instead of being able to express that, he was like, well, you're not the same person, right? Because he was kind of like, well, maybe I'm not the same person, but I'm not really sure how I feel about that. But I know you've changed, right? (laughs) (laughs) And also just this idea of like, in his own mind, it's very possible that he is trying to process all of this like newness of fatherhood and like, whoa, everything's changing because we have this baby now. And then when you're starting to change more things, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hang on. Like, I'm still trying to process this change. And so I can see how that could cause conflict unnecessarily perhaps like, you know, well, obviously conflict, they can be worked through, but I do understand that back and forth in each perspective. Yep. Yep. Um, so I want to talk about one more thing about preparing yourself before we dive in more about talking about preparing your relationship. And this kind of will tie it into that. Um, learning to communicate with others and especially your partner from a place of curiosity rather than trying, rather than from a place of um, almost manipulation, not in a bad way, but just trying to get your way um, of almost trying to change your partner's mind. Um, And so being able to just ask those questions of, you know, you state something, they say they disagree. Okay, cool. But like, what do you actually think about this? And you know, where, where does this thought process come from? And try, making sure that your partner understands that you're not trying to, you know, interrogate them, but you're just coming from a place of curiosity, you know, well, you have a different opinion than me and I want to be able to understand where you're coming from because I would appreciate it if you would try to understand where I'm coming from. Right. And so without even saying that, just trying to, you know, model those questions for them. So that way, if we continue doing that, if we express something that, or they express something that we disagree with, that maybe it doesn't end there, that maybe they've learned to then start asking those, those questions out of curiosity, um, rather than creating conflict with disagreement. Right. So it's, it's kind of just like, it doesn't have to immediately jump to conflict. It can, exactly. you know, we can try to work through this in a, like in a learning process way, you know, in exactly. a like, oh, let me learn more about you way. Exactly. And I think, you know, this is definitely something that we can use throughout our pregnancy as we are making decisions that we can go ahead and start practicing in our relationship to then have that skill in our toolbox once the baby comes, because once the baby comes, it's so hard to, you're already learning new life with your baby to then try and relearn everything else and try to figure out communication, right? This is why we had so much um, conflict in our relationship because we hadn't really established those terms of communication. And that's kind of what I want to talk about um, now is kind of learning how to pretty much preparing your relationship for postpartum is preparing your communication um, because that's where the conflict will, will, will stem from Um, and really learning the ways to communicate best with your partner and expressing to them the best ways to communicate with you 
um, if you've practiced that for a while and you've kind of established those things, you don't have to then spend time and energy trying to figure that out once you have the baby. I love that. So definitely one of the things, again, is communicating from a place of curiosity, right? And so that really takes a lot, like that takes a minute to step back and say, okay, am I trying to defend what I want here or am I actually trying to learn more about where my partner is coming from? Um, And so I would say when you get into those moments, it's okay to take a pause and to evaluate where you're at. And if if your partner's like waiting for you to say something, you just be like, well, you know, I'm just making sure that I am approaching this in the best way possible. Right. And so, um, let's see, what are some things I wrote down a bunch of stuff. I love, I, when I think about that, it just connected with me, the idea of it's kind of like how you, you strive to be with your children, like, or how I strive to be, you know, I don't ever want to give a punishment or, you know, some type of consequence out of a place of anger. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times that might mean like, okay, I'm going to, this thing just happened and I am going to take a little walk around the house. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm just going to like separate myself from this situation for a minute and allow, allow the kind of like shock factor or immediate emotions to yes. rest and settle before, you know, actually diving into, to, to discussion. Yes. No, exactly. But honestly, that's something though, that you actually have to have a conversation with your partner about because, you know, a lot of times when my husband and I get into conversation, there will be times where I will get extra emotional and I'll need a minute and I'll just walk away. And he thinks that I'm just trying to get away from the conversation when in reality, I'm just like, I want to still continue this conversation but I realize that I'm not in an emotional state to be able to continue it right now. I need a couple of minutes. I need a break, right? And so being able to actually like communicate that with your partner, I actually like wrote that down. <laughs> Make a plan for mm-hmm. post, post-conflict communication and compromise. So when you are getting into that and things are getting heated, you know, what is your first response for coping? Is it right? You have three, fight, flight, or freeze. And so what's your typical, and being able to actually communicate that with your partner from, for my husband, his response is to fight. So he wants an immediate response and he wants to, he'll give you an immediate response. He'll, he might take a minute to actually collect his thoughts to come up with it, but he doesn't want you leaving. And so Mm -hmm. that's been something that I've had to communicate with him that, you know, my initial response is to like, let's, let's get out of here. Um, Sometimes it's to fight, um, but ultimately it's to flee, and he kind of knows that. And so when I am trying to walk away, um, he's, he's not really fully understanding that. That's kind of on me right now because I probably need to go back and explain that to him, that, you know, I'm, I'm just needing a minute, and it's okay. And if you're able to communicate that in the moment of, like, I want to continue this conversation, but I need – a little break right now. Let's continue this in five minutes. Let's, you know, pick this up later. Because another thing that I've learned about my husband as well is that he wants to try and resolve conflict as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a general man thing. Um, 
maybe not, but in my experience, I feel like, I feel like it is, they want to problem solve, they want to make it better and then they want to move on. Um, tie it up in a bow. That's right. (laughs) Not always that pretty. Um, but anyway, you know, being honest about that. And again, that takes, you know, that, that personal reflection time. Um, so when, when you have this conversation with your partner about, you know, when, when we get into conflict, you know, if I reach this state, I might need a little break or if this, then that, um, you know, to be able to explain that, really think about how, how your emotions and how your initial coping response impacts the way that you then end up interacting with your partner from that point on, right? If you, if you feel like you need to flee at that point, like you're probably not going to hear anything because you're probably going to flee in your mind and you're going to check out. And so you have to ask yourself if after that point is communication going to be achieved, right? And ultimately you both want communication to be achieved. You both want resolution. And so kind of finding a neutral time to have this conversation. I know it's just kind of like a random conversation to have, but being able to kind of make that plan to say, Hey, when we experience these moments, like, you know, how do you feel initially? And are we actually communicating and what would be the best way for us to do that? And do you feel like you'd be able to actually communicate what you need in that moment? Or do we need to talk about it right now? So that way I kind of have an idea of how you're going to respond or, you know, what I need to do or what space I need to allow you. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that coming, going towards that, like in a time of non-conflict is such a good idea. A hundred percent. And so I'll talk about this other tip that I have as well, that my husband and I ended up learning, um, you know, after we went through this like long drawn out conflict, um, I just kind of decided, Hey, you know, because basically this conflict was created because he had held on to things for months and months and months and months. And then ultimately he couldn't keep it in anymore. And it just led to, you know, he had this like list of things that he needed to tell me. And it was like, whoa, where's this coming from? Why wasn't this, you know? And so I was like, okay, I think that we need to set aside some time, you know, either on a weekly or monthly basis to say, this is our time. This is not date night. Okay. This is just, this is time for us to come together to have open, vulnerable conversation and to check in with each other. Right. And initially when you start this time, your first kind of meeting should be kind of talking about what your expectations are for each other Mm -hmm. and deciding, is this a valid expectation for me from my partner and talking about how you feel like you can or cannot meet that expectation. Um, And so you're actually like creating those boundaries around those expectations, right? And you're getting them out in the open because a lot of times we have unspoken expectations for our partner that when they aren't met lead to resentment. And then our partner has no idea why we're just acting tense around them. Um, And it's because everything has been just played out in your mind and hasn't actually been spoken out. And so this gives you set aside time to actually get that out and to check in with each other and say, okay, these were the expectations that we talked about, you know, last week or last month. And how do you feel like I did with them? 
what did I do well and what do I need to continue to work on? And we both decided to do this. We both decided we will have a time in which we know that it is dedicated basically for constructive criticism on how we're meeting each other's needs pretty much. Um, and those conversations are so important to have, but we get lost in the busyness of life and we forget to have them just like we forget to have time with ourselves to really, you know, tap into our honesty and vulnerability. Um, so that is something that I would highly encourage because it definitely was something that worked for me and my husband in moving past some of that conflict. To, and, and it also helped us stay accountable for what we've expressed that we've needed from our partner. Um, right. So, right, you're meeting your partner's needs and your needs are getting met <laughs> because we're actually exactly. communicating about them. Um, so, yeah, um, that would definitely be something that I would, that I feel like that's like a really tangible thing that you can start doing. And honestly, if you're pregnant right now and you're listening to this and you're trying to think of ways to be able to prepare your relationship, that is definitely something that you're going to want to go ahead and start doing is setting Absolutely. aside that time. Because once, because when that becomes a habit, then it's almost second nature, even when the baby comes. And you're mm -hmm. still doing it and you're still checking in with each other. And it's so important to check in with each other in those first couple of months after you have a new baby, whether it's baby number one or baby number five, like you mm -hmm. still need that check-in time. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about some just really thought-provoking questions that you can start asking your partners kind of probing questions to prepare that communication. And one thing that I want to point out with all of this too is um, this communication and like building a foundation of solid communication with your partner, really it takes two things. It takes courage and it takes vulnerability. And both of those things are really, really hard. And so if you can just remember to have courage and be vulnerable, like if that is where you're coming from, then you and your partner will continue to grow in your communication. And so as we're continuing to grow in our communication, some questions that we can ask our partner when we're talking about, you know, making decisions, you know, I mentioned that my husband and I often disagree on things. And so we eventually have to come to a compromise. I can't say that we as a couple have really um, landed on a great way to compromise, but that has led me to this question to ask your partner, which is, what does compromise look like for you as a couple? And so mm -hmm. kind of going ahead, and again, all of these questions seem to be asked on neutral territory. Like, these are not questions to ask in the middle of, of, of <laughs> conflict, you know, like, you know, we're disagreeing about something and it's like, well, what does, what does um, compromise actually look like for us? Because in that situation, each person is going to want their own way and that's what compromise is going to look like for them. But actually mm -hmm. having this conversation on neutral territory and kind of setting um, expectations for yourselves as a couple of what compromise looks like for you um, can kind of lead to being a resource for you in those times of conflict when you need compromise. Um, another great question as you're preparing for a baby is thinking about 
what is your relationship going to look like now with this new baby and actually exploring that together. And again, being vulnerable with what, talking about what changes scare you. Um, And I wish that my husband and I would have gone through and actually talked about these questions because probably if he had asked me that, I would have responded with, well, it kind of scares me that I might not want to go back to work. And that might've led into a conversation on neutral territory about what our options might be. Um, and so again, talking about, you know, what is that new dynamic going to look like? And then how can we move through those changes together and how can we support each other through those changes? Um, a couple other questions are, um, what does being transparent and vulnerable with me look like to you? So maybe you have an idea of what being vulnerable looks like and you're expecting that from your partner, but they have a completely different idea of what it means for them to be vulnerable. And so actually being open about that to recognize when your partner is being vulnerable with you, even if it's not your idea, like your own idea of what it is. Um, And then this is just kind of a personal reflection question and you can use the the last question as kind of a personal reflection like what does it mean to be vulnerable with your partner and then also how might you find the courage to be vulnerable without fear of judgment um and i think this is a huge one because even though we've taken vows if you're married um we still have that ultimate fear of being judged or not being accepted or loved, especially by the one that we love most. And so, you know, where will you find that courage to ultimately be vulnerable with your partner? Um, So those are a couple um, personal questions that you can ask yourself. And then I feel like some very practical questions to ask with your partner as well is just, Like, what are your ideas for how are we going to split up the responsibilities? And, you know, what do you expect my life to look like? What do you expect your life to look like? And really comparing, you know, where you're at, because that's when, when we're not actually talking about what our expectations are, that's how we get on completely different pages and sometimes different chapters. Um, (laughs) And so if we are open in beginning. And I want to, I want to just kind of put out a disclaimer too, that just because you're answering these questions one way before the baby comes, doesn't mean that your answer can't change. Um, the, like you are not locked into your answer for these questions. These are just things and ways to be able to kind of build, not only are you learning more about your partner, but you are starting to become more vulnerable with yourself and with your partner by answering these kinds of questions. And so, you know, that's really where the value is in taking the time to, to work through this is learning to be vulnerable through asking these questions, right? It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, maintain your answer once baby comes, because really once baby comes, things completely change and your world is upside down and your answers to all of your questions might change and that's okay. Um, and I think too, establishing that with your partner, um, that like, 
it's okay for me to change my mind and it's okay for you to change your mind. Um, I think that that is something that we don't set as an expectation for ourselves and for each other. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of the society that we're brought up in. Um, but when we kind of put it out there that like, Hey, no, it's okay to change your mind. It, it, that's how you grow. That's how you learn you know, what serves you. And, and that's okay. You don't have to continue doing something that's not working for you or not working for our family. Um, so yeah, hopefully those questions help. Yeah. And I like the idea of, you know, saying it's okay to change your mind. And the fact that with your, your plan of discussion on a weekly, perhaps monthly basis of checking in, it's already built in that you can't, you do have that time to discuss like, okay, I know that these were the things that we thought like this, we thought this is, was how it was going to be. But now that we're here, this is how I'm feeling. And there's just automatic built in time to discuss that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I just kind of want to wrap up with just a couple more ideas. Um, and that is, even if you're having these discussions, um, something that you might want to, you know, bring up as a con- as a continual theme is like, how are we playing on the same team? I know I mentioned that earlier um, because a lot of times, you know, we don't necessarily see everything that our partner does, and they don't necessarily see everything that we do, um, and so we can't really assume that they are observing all of our responsibilities or that we're observing all of their responsibilities. And so, you know, when we are able to actually come together and say, how are we playing on the same team together? um, Then that kind of leads into more conversation and kind of leads away from resentment. Right. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So um, the last thing, well, there's two more things. One is um, letting go and having grace um, for yourself and for your partner. But that really starts from within. And I realized this, that I wasn't really able to let go of my expectations for my husband or to really have grace for all the things that he was doing um, because I wasn't doing those things for myself. Um, And Mm -hmm. so those things really stem from within. If you want to be able to have grace for others, you really have to have grace for yourself. Um, and that kind of leads into, you know, just kind of going back to where I started from is that really a lot of our relationship issues can ultimately stem from how you're handling yourself. If you're not taking time to nurture yourself, how is your relationship being nurtured? Um, And so I wasn't taking time for myself. I wasn't letting myself heal mentally and emotionally from postpartum of losing my identity and feeling overwhelmed. And I wasn't taking the time to actually dive into that. I was instead thinking I just needed to escape from it. Um, And so because of that, that then played into, you know, how I was then handling my communication with my husband. Mm, That makes so much sense. Yeah. Wow. Laura, thank you so much. This has, this has been fantastic. And, you know, I do feel like with my relationship as well, the first time around, and and it was more related to the birth as opposed to the postpartum actually, but Mm -hmm. it's been a common theme of this discussion of not 
a lot of times the first time we go through things, we don't recognize the way that expectations need to be managed. We don't recognize the need for the communication. And then we go through it and we're like, whoa, that was a whirlwind. <laughs> like, you know, yes. then we start learning, okay, next time this is what we're going to do. So I love having these conversations and I love when we who have been through it before can open up and say, Hey guys, this is what happened go ahead and try to avoid that. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, here yeah. are some steps for you so that you don't have to experience that. Um, I think it's just so valuable for moms in all stages to be able to just get together and express what has worked for them. And this is, and what hasn't and, and why it's had to change. And yes. this has been just hugely helpful. So as we wrap up, Laura, I know that there are going to be listeners who want to know more about you, who want to hear more from you. So would you mind letting everyone know how they can keep in touch with you and, and see what all you've got going on? Yes, absolutely. So, um, like I mentioned at the beginning, I am a postpartum coach and childbirth educator. So I, my biggest passion is helping moms prepare for postpartum and helping them navigate postpartum. So if that is something that is of interest to you and you got a lot of value out of this conversation and you want to connect with me more, honestly, Facebook is the best way to do that right now. Um, and I also have a Facebook group. It's called Motherhood Mentoring, and you can search that up if you'd like to join. Um, but Facebook right now is the best way to get in touch with me. You can send me a friend request or a message. Um, and I would be happy to connect with you, answer any questions that you have, um, and just, you know, guide you on your journey. Amazing. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what an awesome episode. I feel like there's just so much for you to glean throughout that. And for those of you who are in that prenatal phase, preparing for the postpartum, you may even want to go through this one again and write down some notes when you get a chance, when you're not doing the dishes and changing all of the laundry out and driving in your car, which is how I always listen to my podcast. There's like no way I'd ever be able to write down notes, but maybe if you're different than me, you could come back and write some notes. Anyway, as we head into today's episode roundup, I have two main things that really pop out in my mind I wanted to share with you. And the first one is to remember that the birth of your baby is not the finish line. We spend so much time preparing for this, and very necessarily, but building up the foundation of your relationship with your partner is so critical in the prenatal phase. In fact, there's a whole module on this inside of Happy Home Birth Academy. It is crucial for us to really prepare in this way. The second thing is to remember that you and your partner made, or are making, this beautiful child together. You can make a great team, but it's so important to remember just that. You are a team. The goal is to work together even when it's hard and even when you're functioning on like two hours of sleep. Preparation beforehand helps so much with these expectations. All right, my friends, that is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. 
Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.